and welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz, which you can catch every weekday afternoon on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. Today, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. Really looking forward to that. Talk a little bit all about the Razorbacks and all the things that are going on with them, which I know isn't much, but still, there are some news, some nuggets, and some things we can talk about in the future as well. So it's a really great interview. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Right now, let's go to the phone lines. I'm joined by a very special guest and a friend of mine, Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com, who's going to be joining us talking a little bit about everything going on in Razorback land, at least as much as whatever could be going on in Razorback land. And Andrew, I know it's been crazy time for everybody, but I got to ask you, how have you been handling all of uh, yourself and all the things that have been going on? And, you know, what have you been doing there at Hogbeat now that uh, all this stuff has kind of put a halt to sports? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, man. Uh, you know, I've just been trying to trying to stay busy as best I can, you know, come up with with ideas. Uh, really, this is where the creativity uh, comes in handy. Uh, you know, you're not really you don't have games to write about and everything. But, you know, I'm getting by, you know, I'm, I've uh, some people might have seen I've, I've got a, a bracket going on for, for to determine Arkansas's best basketball player of the SEC era. Uh, that seems to have uh, gotten a lot of uh feedback and, and appreciation from fans who are kind of starved for some sort of bracket, which we usually have this time of year. Uh, you know, but other than that, uh, you know, any other free time I have is taken up by my four month old daughter who uh, definitely keeps me and my wife busy for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you how that bracket is going so far. What, what's it looking like? Yeah. I mean, so far it's, it's been mostly chalk. I mean, most guys are, most fans are, are going with the team the, as, as much blowback as I got for the seating. Uh, people thought I was crazy for some of the, the seatings. And, you know, I tried to explain like, Hey, I base this strictly on statistics and a certain formula, uh, that kind of sped out a, a, a number for each guy. And I mean, I thought that for the most part, the seedings made sense because you had guys like Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, Corliss Williamson, Bobby Portis as the number one seeds. And I don't think anyone would really, really argue that uh, where you get into uh, trouble is where these role players uh, that, uh, you know, people remember fondly because maybe they were on that 94 team, like a, like a Clint McDaniel or something like that, who people think were maybe lower seeded. Uh, and, and Clint McDaniel actually was the only, uh, was the main, main big upset in the first round. He was a 12 seed, knocked off a five seed. Uh, I believe it was Mike Washington or, or someone like that, or Mar, uh, Marshawn Powell, so, someone like that. One of those guys that were really good players, but during the, you know, the, the years we like to try to forget the Heath years, the Pelfrey years. Uh, so it, it, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm anxious to see how it goes once we get into these, you know, sweet 16 elite eight rounds, because I think you might maybe see some maybe some four seeds knock off some some uh, guys or some three seeds move on and, and you see a little bit less chalk. But I mean, it, it, it's going good so far. And uh, I'm anxious to see how the how the fans kind of play it on out. Yeah, you mentioned how like your bracket, and I know other people have done brackets too, just kind of getting that feel of what college basketball would be going on right now with March Madness, but unfortunately it's not. And and it's funny too because uh, Arkansas, for instance, with Eric Musselman, they won their first game in the SEC tournament. They beat Vanderbilt, and that's when everything kind of came to a halt. But one of the videos, and I know you saw it, Andrew, that uh, Eric Musselman was telling his team after uh, it got announced, and he's very emotional saying that, 
You know, after all my research and our guys, when we started figuring things out, if we would have won tonight, which he was referring to South Carolina, uh, then we would have been in. And I heard that. And honestly, I was of the belief that Arkansas was going to have to win pretty much the tournament, at least get to the finals in order to be the NCAA tournament. But do you think Eric Musselman was saying that just to kind of give his team a little bit of a, an extra little good feeling? Or did he really believe he thought that they'd be in the tournament if they won that night? You know, one thing I've learned so far in covering Musselman for, I guess, almost a year now is that he really doesn't BS you. So, I mean, if he said that, and I, and I heard that too, and it caught my attention as well, I think he truly believed it. Uh, I don't know if he's right. Uh, obviously, he knows more basketball than you and me combined, <laughs> but he, I, I, I was under the same impression. I thought they needed to win the tournament to, obviously, that would guarantee them a spot, but at least make it into the finals because that would include a win over you know an LSU I believe is how the bracket laid out or or something like that so a win over South Carolina doesn't really move the needle very much you know had they had they not laid an egg at Texas A&M to end the regular season maybe a win over South Carolina does it or you know if they those heartbreaking losses that, that they had along the way, like the Mississippi State game at Bud Walton, that kind of comes to comes to mind as well. And so, if if they had won a couple of those games along the way, then yeah, maybe South Car- beating South Carolina would have done it. Uh, I'm not convinced, and I guess we'll we'll never know. And it'll be one of those debates that that go on forever. Yeah, it certainly will. And I felt like the team had really, you know, started to at least get Isaiah Joe back. They had played better offensively. I know they still lost some games, but uh, I think the crazy thing about it now is just hoping that everything goes according to plan. Now the decision comes into play for Mason Jones. I think Isaiah Joe will be back. I don't think he's leaving, but Mason Jones, uh, I mean, do you have a feel? Do you have anywhere you're leaning towards as far as where he's going to go if he decides to come back? And if he does come back, what does that mean for this team next season? Oh, man, I, I, I've i heard people that say that he's coming back. I've heard from people that think he's leaving. Uh, you know, it, it just kind of depends on what he do. If if he thinks he's an NBA player, then, then maybe coming back and, and doing what he did uh, this year on a, you know, potential top 20, top 15 team, you know, that kind of answers your second part of the question is that, you know, if he does come back, Arkansas is going to be very, very good because you add all those talented recruits. Uh, you know, you assume Isaiah Joe's back. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a better team. Plus, you add Connor Vanover. You have some size. You add J.D. Note, uh, potentially adding a, a transfer from the portal. I think they're going to be very, very good. So maybe if, if Mason Jones come back, comes back and replicates what he did this year, his numbers may not be as good, but maybe he's more efficient than, than maybe he can work his way into the NBA draft. But everything I've read right now is he's not really an NBA draft prospect. Maybe he gets taken in the second round, uh, but I just I'm not convinced. But I mean, if he wants to go overseas and play and make money, which I can't ever fault the guy for doing that then, hey, go for it because he's he's definitely going to be able to make some money somewhere playing basketball. So I'm just not sure kind of what his line of thinking is. But, yeah, if he does come back, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really fun year to watch Arkansas basketball. Even if he doesn't come back, I think it'll still be fun. But if especially if he does come back. 
What do you make of Jalen Harris transferring out? I know that there was probably going to be some departures because that's just the way college basketball is today where players leave, and no matter how good or how uh, interesting the situation is. But what do you make of that situation, him leaving? Yeah, I mean, you know, people probably he's he's not as bad as people probably remember him being. You know, you you look at it on our message board and on Twitter and things like that. People, you know, the way they talk is that he's the worst player of all time. I mean, there were people that, you know, rioted because he was included in my bracket of 64 players uh, of, of, you know, the best players, of the SEC era. Uh, but people forget that he's he's actually if you look at the numbers, a solid player. He's not a superstar by any means, but you know he ha- he's up ranks in the top ten and in, in assists per game in Arkansas history. Uh, I think he's like fourth all time in assist to turnover ratio uh, for a career at Arkansas. Uh, so he's he's been solid. Uh, that said, the decision for him to transfer really didn't come as a surprise. Everyone had kind of speculated that he might be a guy that leaves. Not because he's a bad player, but just because he sees the guys that are coming in. You're adding some really good guards. You know, you're adding KK Robinson, Devontae Davis, you know, guys like that that are going to get minutes. Then if you throw in the fact that if a Isaiah Joe comes back and a Mason Jones comes back and you add JD Note to the mix, then the minutes are going to go down. He already saw his play playing time decrease this year. And so he probably wants to go somewhere where he can be the guy, be a true point guard for a team and and uh, and lead a team. So I, I'm not particularly surprised by it. I hope he does well. By all accounts, he was a, a great teammate. I don't think I ever heard uh, Musselman or any of his teammates say anything bad about him. So I wasn't particularly surprised, but uh, it does it does hurt to not have that veteran guy there uh, coming back because, I mean, he, he would have been a solid role player for next year's team for sure. We'll continue our discussion with Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com on the other side of the break. Stay with us, folks. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, Andrew, I'm, I'm getting really excited about next year's team, with or without Mason Jones, but like you said, Mason Jones would be huge uh, if he came back. Is it too much of a stretch, though, to think that next year's team, assuming all goes according to plan, can be a top 15 team? Because it seems like the talent's going to be there. If Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe return, you're going to have some experience at guard, especially good quality experience. You're going to have a seven foot three guy in Connor Nolan uh, Vanover that'll at least be able to help out with some of the size issues. And you'll have some other guys there too, but I'm just looking at the whole roster, at least what it could look like. I mean, is it too out of the realm of possibility to believe that's a top 15 and maybe even a team that can finally get Arkansas into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think that's definitely, I think that's the expectation right now. I mean, you saw how close they were this year. They won 21 games. Uh, I think of their, I think they lost, what, 10 games uh, this year. So, I mean, if you look at 10 or 11 games or 12, something like that, half of those losses were either in overtime or by two or fewer points so I mean they were really close to being a top 25 team this year which if you had asked me before the season I'd have said there's no way they'd be that good I thought they'd be doing good to get in the NIT much less be you know putting themselves in a position to possibly make the NCAA tournament uh, and uh, beyond so I, I think the expectation is there you add all that talent that we talked about you add those transfers you add uh, the possibility of Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones both being back. 
I definitely think this is a, a, a top top 25, top 20, maybe even a top 15 team. I think some of the, the way too early uh, rankings are starting to come out, and I saw one or two that had them at like 14 and uh, one at 20, something like that. So this is a team that should be very good next year. And, you know, if you have your, if you have a good, good regular season and get yourself a good seed and uh, get yourself a, a, a good matchup in the UCLA tournament, then then definitely I think that this could be a Sweet 16 team to kind of finally end that long drought. Uh, I guess it's been, what, 24 years now, something like that, 96? It, it's been a long, long time <laughs> since they made it to Sweet 16. Is that not like the most shocking thing ever, man? Because it seems like uh, when I really think about it, that because uh, I think that the fun stat that I throw out, it's not fun, it's actually depressing, but like every SEC team, besides Arkansas, has made the Sweet 16 since Arkansas has. Like, if you think about that, every other SEC team has made the Sweet 16 since 1996. And it's just mind-blowing because Arkansas still looked at as arguably the second, no lower than the third best job in the SEC. And it just really shows you that even though Arkansas had some, some good years, some good times, the end result in postseason just has not been there since Nolan Richardson left. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely surprising, especially when you consider that that 96 trip to the Sweet 16 was on the heels of a national runner-up and national championship. Yeah. Uh, you would, If you had told anybody uh, in, in college basketball, much less Arkansas, that Arkansas wouldn't have made it to the Sweet 16 for you know more than two decades, people would think you're crazy because they they had it rolling. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is mind-blowing that it's been that long. I mean, there have been some really close calls. I mean, that that North Carolina game a couple of years ago where Arkansas just got, you know, bad call after bad call down the stretch uh, still kind of frustrates, you know, me. Cause I mean, I was looking forward <laughs> to getting to go cover a, a sweet 16. I think it was going to be in Memphis. I mean, that was going to be really a fun trip and, and awesome to experience in person. And it, it got ripped out from under them. So yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely surprising uh, and one and a streak that I, I fully anticipate to end you know, if not next year, but in the coming years, because I think Eric Musselman is is a pretty solid coach, and Arkansas got him a good one. Andrew, would you be okay with the streak coming to an end next year, the Sweet 16, if it meant that the three-point streak in each game came to an end in the same year? <laughs> yeah, I, I would take that. Uh, I, I would, because I mean, I want to cover, I want to experience a Sweet 16 in person, yeah. and maybe an Elite Eight and beyond. I mean, that that would be fun. So I mean, yeah, if it, if it if it requires a three-point streak ending, then you know, hey, so be it. <laughs> That's I'll be able to listen. I'll be with you there too because I know it's a it's a fun streak, but definitely not the one <laughs> that means the most for sure. Uh, I want to switch exactly. gears a little bit, Andrew, uh, and get into baseball because uh, Dave Van Horn actually came on my show yesterday. I know you got a chance to check it out, and it's crazy because I feel like Dave Van Horn, and actually I don't feel I know Dave Van Horn is a coach that is twenty four seven three sixty five. He's coaching, 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 or recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And when all that kind of comes to a halt, I'm always curious of like, okay, what does these coaches do? I mean, especially for a guy like Dave Van Horn, where for pretty much his entire life, the month of March is baseball and it has been since he forever. And now that's not the case right now. I just thought it was fascinating to hear some of the things he said and how he's handling it. Uh, but it's gotta be really disappointing. I know for him, cause I know that this, the, they had lost a few games, Andrew, and they had some few uh, disappointments, but still there was a lot of expectations for this team. And it's just sad that it's like, I'm never going to get to see Heston Kerstad play as a Razorback again, or Casey Martin or any of these guys. 
Yeah, that was probably the most depressing thing about the, the NCAA's decision when they first came out and said that the College World Series had been canceled. That was that was kind of the first time where it really hit me like, oh my gosh, like this this is a huge, huge story right now with, you know, the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, my immediate thought was like, man, we're never going to get to see Heston Kerstad swing the bat in an Arkansas uniform again. And, and that was really disappointing. I know uh, Dave Van Horn talked about it. Uh, on his teleconference last week uh, saying, you know, that he really thought Heston Kirstad was going to break some records and that he was going to hit, you know, 25, 26, 27 home runs, which would, you know, be a single season record and also give him the career record at Arkansas. And that that's, that's pretty incredible when you consider he's all, he would be doing it in three years. So that was, that was really disappointing. And, and I know uh, Arkansas fans are disappointed, you know, everything they've been through, uh, this year, you know, seeing the the football team just be an absolute disaster, uh, the basketball team, you know, gave them some hope and everything, but then that five game losing streak kind of, you know, knocked them out of contention for the NCAA tournament, you know, so we thought. Um, and so baseball season was supposed to be kind of that, like, hey, here's here's where we dominate, here's where Arkansas does really really well, and and can they make it back to Omaha for a third straight year? And to see it end the way it did. Uh, was was pretty tough, you know, only 16 games in the season. So, yeah, you got to feel for Dave Van Horn, but, uh, you know, there's obviously lots of things to, to wonder about this offseason. It's going to be an offseason unlike any we've ever seen. I know Dave Van Horn talked about it on your show yesterday and that, you know, what's going to happen with the, the MLB draft? You know, it's probably going to happen, but there has been talks of it being canceled completely. And so maybe Heston Kerstad does come back. However, I like Dave Van Horn. Think that's a extremely unlikely scenario because they're going to have to have some sort of draft, whether it be a shortened draft or the full thing. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch because it not only affects guys like Heston Kerstad, Casey Martin, Casey Opitz, but you know this really really good 2020 class that is absolutely loaded with a ton of prospects. I was just looking at it this morning. Perfect game uh, has it ranked fourth in the country. Uh, and also with six top 100 draft uh, prospects. So that is that is incredible. I mean, if you think about that, if that was a football class that was ranked fourth nationally with that many top 100 prospects, people would be losing their minds. <laughs> so yeah. think of it for bat for baseball. I mean, that, that's it's going to be pretty good if they can get those guys to get those guys to campus. Yeah, I was trying to think of how in the world it would work if they actually canceled the MLB draft. Like, I just don't understand or in any way see how you could have like college players coming back, but then only still be allowed the same scholarship allotment. But then the the new class coming in, it just seems like it would be a total mess. And especially in a sport where since you only get 11.7 scholarships as it is, it's I mean, I'm sure that you'd love to have more players and more pitching, more all of that. But, you know, there's only so much you could do. So I, was, I kind of was wondering if maybe this would be a way for the NCAA to step in if the MLB didn't draft didn't happen and say, all right, well, here's your increase in scholarship allotments from 11.7 to 15, 20, 25, however many it's going to be to at least help that out. I don't know if they do that, but that would seem like if the doomsday scenario happened where there's no draft, it seemed like it would be the right thing to do, Andrew. Yeah, and I think they might have to do that even if there is a draft because you've got all these other guys coming back. Uh, you know, 
obviously at Arkansas, you know, the juniors are typically really good and could get drafted anyways. Guys like Zebulon Vermillion and Matt Goodhart, you know, guys like that, they may go pro anyways. But if they do come back with the extra year of eligibility and if all these other guys come back, these seniors at other schools, they do come back, you're going to have to expand that scholarship number. And I think Dave Van Horn laid out kind of a a good plan uh, last week on his teleconference saying that, you know, maybe they do increase it to, you know, say 16 scholarships, you know, next year. And then it just kind of gradually decreases and eventually makes it way back down to 11.7 after, uh, I guess, probably four or five years, because, you know, that's how long a cycle is. So that's kind of how long it would take for the scholarship numbers to kind of normalize again. So it it's definitely interesting, uh, but you also got to consider, you know, these other schools that maybe don't, they, yeah, like UAPB, they do have 11.7 scholarship limit. However, they're they're not using all 11.7 already because they can't afford to. So you'd be creating a a larger divide in between the haves and have nots. And that's another thing you'd have to consider, not just for, for baseball, but softball and track and the other sports that were affected by it. So a lot of moving pieces, the NCAA has got to get figured out. I don't know if I have the utmost confidence that the NCAA will be able to figure it out. uh, But I'm definitely glad that I'm not one of the people having to make those decisions. We'll have the final part of our interview with Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com on the other side of the break. Stay with us. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I'm going to switch it to football, Andrew, because I feel so bad for Sam Pittman. I really do. I know that it's tough on everybody, but you talk about just you're stepping in, not only having to take over, after uh, of a program that's in the worst of worst, the darkest of days after back to back two and 10 years, but you have to try to rejuvenate that program. You've never been a head coach at this level before. It seemed like you were really getting some momentum with recruiting with the staff that you hired and then boom. And then one of the most important parts of being a coach is spring practice, especially a new coach building that rapport, building that chemistry, setting the example and the foundation of what the program is going to be like, and then it's gone. And I just feel so bad for him. And because it just, I know it's not fair for anybody, but it seems like it's especially difficult for someone like Sam Pittman, given the timing of all this happening for when he steps in as head coach. Yeah, it's really tough because not only that, but you know, some of these schools actually did get some spring practices in because they started earlier Arkansas, I believe, had the latest scheduled spring game of the entire SEC. So they were already going to be, you know, they were getting their practices in later. And, you know, that normally would be fine, but no one could have predicted the coronavirus being what it was and and completely changing everything and and not getting any practices in. And, you know, you think of the coaching change, that hurts. You know, you've got completely new offensive and defensive coordinators that are going to be implementing their own systems. You've got a new quarterback and, you know, Felipe Franks that needs to get in and start building that rapport with his teammates, the receivers. I mean, you've got a completely new look offensive line that are heavier. They've got to learn a new system, new blocking schemes, everything. You've got, you know, a defense that, you know, they're, they're bringing in, you know, new players. I mean, they brought in some early enrollees like, you know, Miles Slusher. He was going to get that that huge benefit of being an early enrolling and getting spring practice under his belt before his freshman year. Now he doesn't get that. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be, you know, supposed to be an impact freshman. 
and doesn't get that advantage. So it, it does hurt in just every aspect imaginable. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, now that these, most of these players are back home and most gyms and health clubs and high schools that you can maybe go work out in are also closed. So how are these guys going to stay in shape? Yeah, everyone's in the <laughs> same boat, but this is a complete drastic sh- uh, shift. I mean, I, I wrote about this yesterday. The offensive line has already gained like an average of seven pounds across the board compared to last year. And Sam Pittman wants them to get even bigger because he has a completely different philosophy than the previous staff. Well, how are they going to gain weight, the good weight, <laughs> to without going to the gym and working out and things like that? It, it's really tough for Arkansas just across the board. Yeah, I was about to say, they can probably gain weight, but just probably not in the way you want them to, just <laughs> exactly. like all of us have probably been doing uh, with all of this. I'm telling you, man, because I was, I was about to say, I was like, well, they can, Andrew, they could just do videos of them doing push-ups, and that's that's their exercise, <laughs> pretty much, because that's what we're all trying to do. But it seems like also with uh, with the football team, like there was a lot of intrigue, I know, coming from fans. And this is my theory, Andrew, and I want to see if you agree with it. Since football season, I'm hoping and I'm praying and I believe that football season will go on as planned. I'm hoping that this all comes to end before that happens. I believe more people across the board, but especially at Arkansas and being Razorback fans, will be more interested, more excited, more pumped up, and more apt to go to Razorback football games because of the long lull we've had of no sports and also not being able to do anything as a collective group of people. Do you agree with that, that you think that there's already people that are going to be excited about the football season because of Sam Pittman, but it seems like there'll probably be even more of that because of how long we've gone without sports once football season comes around? Yes, I, I completely agree. Now, how long that continues will depend on, you know, Arkansas not losing to Nevada in the first game of the season. <laughs> yeah. Mountain yeah. West teams have been an issue for Arkansas recently, but Hey, if they can win that game and, and maybe do it convincingly, uh, then yeah, I mean, they, they could, they could definitely get some excitement, you know, play well against Notre Dame and maybe knock off a Mississippi state or something like that. Then yeah, I think attendance could just skyrocket because well, there's nowhere else to go, but up right now because they had, <laughs> the worst attendance in like two decades last year it's the worst since the stadium expanded and honestly kind of compared to what it was like before the stadium expanded which (laughs) is really really sad if you think about it so yeah I think there's going to be some added excitement because of the new coach but also as you mentioned there's just going to be this you know people are starved for sports and you know interaction with other people that I think is going to going to have a nice positive impact on ticket sales for sure all right, Andrew, before I let you get out of here, tell us what you got going on at Hogbeat. I know you mentioned you, you're doing the the bracket of the Razorback basketball players, but what else are you guys working on over there? Yeah, the bracket's the big thing. That's kind of my overarching uh, project right now. But, you know, we're, we're covering all aspects of, of Arkansas still. Nikki is, is doing a great job covering recruiting. Uh, we've talked about maybe me doing a little bit of recruiting if this coronavirus <laughs> thing continues. Uh, not particularly looking forward to that, but Hey, if I have to do it, I have to do it. And, uh, that's obviously the big thing we got going at rivals uh, at all times, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're taking a look at how this whole thing impacts, you know, Arkansas baseball, Arkansas basketball, and of course, Arkansas football. So, uh, we've got it all covered, uh, on hogbeat.com. 
There you have it. Go over and follow Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com and NWA Hutch on Twitter. Andrew, appreciate it, man. It's tough times for us all, but you guys are doing a great job at Hogbeat. And appreciate you hopping on with us and uh, looking forward to catching up with you later down the road, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. Keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 